getting set up here. Well, it's good to be here. I think there's more people in this building than it is our town. <laughs> and you've been there, and it, I ain't speaking evangelistically either. I, I, I'm speaking the truth, you know. And uh, But it is good to be here. Good to have my family with me. I don't think they really have much of an option. I mean, they don't want to stay home by themselves, but... Uh, <laughs> But I'm glad they act like they want to be with us. So uh, this past Wednesday, Joshua 7 is where we're going to be at. So you, you can go and make your way there while I rattle off up here for a spell. Uh, this past Wednesday, my wife and I celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. Actually, during the, the, during the home missions conference. And uh, we celebrated there. Like, you know, why not? You know, I mean, we got engaged on a missions trip. And ever since we've been married, we've been in the ministry together. And, and uh, uh as long as I do what she says, we're, we get along just fine, you know. And, uh, and, and, of course, if you know Miss Ginger, that is totally not her personality, you know. But uh, uh, she's kind of a knife and gun type, you know. But uh, anyhow, so, but, uh, but it's good to have, and I might need a place to stay tonight. I'm not real for sure. Can I call you later? You know, I mean, okay. Um, I might need a ride, too. But uh, uh, it's good to have them here with us. Good to have my family. I think I see them all there. Sam's almost asleep, you know. And uh, I got Jacob, Tyler, y'all sat out of order. Jacob, Tyler, Charity, Hannah, and Samuel. And if you want to know their ages, the oldest one's 16, 15. He'll be 16 on his birthday, obviously, you know. <laughs> and the youngest is seven. Did I get that right? And if you want to know the rest of them, just see my wife. She has that down pat. She can give you the birthdays, anniversaries, and all that stuff. And none of them are married yet. They're looking, you know, so if anybody's... Wants to check that out, but uh, we do have prayer cards back there in the foyer. Please help yourself after, not right now, after the service, and um, and uh, we printed them just for you. We we do need your prayers for us. You know, uh, our ministry verse is First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-four and verse twenty-five. And verse twenty-five says, "Brethren, pray for us." The Apostle Paul said, brethren, pray for us, you know, so the more, the biggest need in, that we need in our ministry is people like you praying for us, and, uh, and I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord's allowed us to be in missions work, been in the ministry uh, over 20 years, I don't remember how many, I got saved when I was 12, and then uh, called to preach when I was 18, and, uh, um, and then went off to Bible college, whatever that was about, not real for sure, but... Uh, <laughs> I did graduate, you know, and uh, um, anyhow, some people graduate, was it summa cum laude, and what's the other one? Cum laude, I graduated, praise the laude, you know, <laughs> we made it, you know, and uh, um, so, amen, you identify with that, praise the Lord, you know, and, uh, uh, but, but do pray for us, uh, the first church that we pastored was in Moorcroft, Wyoming, and was there for about four years, almost four years rather. And uh, man, what a what a place to cut your teeth at on the west, you know. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. And really, we're thankful for that time there in Moorcroft. And and uh, it's where my family started. Jacob was born there. Tyler was born there, not in Moorcroft, but but in Gillette. And uh, and then the Lord led us away from there when we left. Another man stepped in, and there's been people stepping in there quite <laughs> quite regularly. And and uh, so just pray. Pray for that side of, of, of Wyoming, a lot of needs over there. And and, uh, and the Lord led us away to go into uh, deputation. When we went to Moorcroft, we had about, I don't know, three or $400, $500 a month coming in. And we lived in the basement 
of the church like trolls. And, uh, and, and God bless. We've seen many folks come to Christ. And I think we had a high attendance of like 40, 50, you know, something over there. And uh, it's not that way now over there. But uh, um, anyway, so, uh, so pray for that. And then we left from there and then went on deputation. And uh, I'm not real sure what that was all about either, but uh, uh, I was raising support and all that stuff. And, and then, um, uh, then the Lord allowed us to plant the Blessed Hope Baptist Church in Burns, Wyoming, 10 years ago. My soul. I'm not sure where the time has gone. And, uh, but this, this past January, we transitioned. Uh, they transitioned to a new pastor. Basically, they voted us out. And, uh, and they voted a new guy in, but uh, uh, that was back in Ju- uh, July, they voted him in, and then January was our transition service, and uh, we praise the Lord for that. So pray for Blessed Hope Baptist Church, I believe, uh, I don't know if she's in here or not, but uh, the Bergs, uh, I can't think of her name, what's her name? What? I heard two different names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Karen, if you're watching, we just talked about you publicly, you know, and uh, uh, so pray for Karen, you know, uh, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, no, we, we miss the people there, surely do, and uh, I tell you, the hardest thing for us to do was to leave the church there, but, uh, but we're fully persuaded that it was God's doing, and uh, so we're, and that's, and that's a good thing, you know, and uh, I guess if, if I didn't have difficulty with it, there 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 been some issues, you know, but uh, but do pray pray with us and for us as we travel this this year as we raise more support. We're about fifty percent of our current support uh, need, and uh, um, and just as we confirm what God wants us to do as in church planning and all that stuff on our prayer card. I believe it's on the back. Maybe it's a threefold goal. It's um, let me give you from the bottom up is is church helps, church rescue, and then. Church planting is number one. Church planting is number one. That's been on our hearts. And if one's in Moorcroft, we can say that was um, church helps, uh, church rescue rather. But uh, but anyway, just I do pray for us. We want to plant a church again if God allows us to do that. And because uh, um, that's folks, we need more people preaching the gospel. We need more churches doing what they do. You know, man, praise the Lord for this, right, man? This, I think you said it this morning. This is not normal, and I say that in a good way. This is the, even good churches don't have this spirit here. I say praise the Lord and, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep making much of Jesus. And I tell you, that's what it's all about. And, and uh, did, did you find your place there in Joshua 7? If you haven't found it yet, I say this all over the country, stop looking because you've had plenty of time. And, uh, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not going to wait on you no longer. And uh, uh, Joshua chapter 7. And uh, I love having a good time in church, and uh, I, I think it's a crying shame. You, you, you come in church and you leave more discouraged and more whatever. And, folks, that happens, and shame on them, you know. And uh, uh, but uh, so here, Joshua chapter seven, and y'all may be familiar with this passage, but let me just run you through it. Uh, run, run you through the uh, sequence of events here. But the title is very simple. Make sure you hear me right because I want to say it backwards, but I'm going to mean to say it backwards. From great victory to great defeat. From great victory to great defeat. Now, we usually like to say that the other way. But here in chapter 7, we see from great victory to great defeat. Joshua chapter 7, look there in verse number 1, says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass 
in the, acute, in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Now let me pause there. We're going to finish reading here. That's pretty precise. That's pretty detailed. Not only does he name him, but he names all his kinfolk and where he's at. You know, so, But Joshua is not privy to verse number one. That's, we, we know it because we're looking in. But Joshua, at this point, don't know what has taken place. So with that being said, let's pick up verse 2. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai, and they returned to Joshua. And said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. Verse 4 says, So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Verse 6, And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth, and upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide he and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people before Jordan, over Jordan? to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us around and, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? When's the last time we got burdened for the name of God? Verse 10 there says, And and the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Israel hath sinned. Now that's the first time Joshua has heard about that. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing. And have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you tonight. We thank you for loving us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this church. Father, thank you, Lord, for this people. We always enjoy our time together. Father, thank you, Lord, for this pastor and his family. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for the emphasis that's on you. And Father, we just want to echo these things tonight. And, and, and Father, we just want to say we love you. Father, I pray, Lord, uh, hide us all behind the cross. Hide me behind the cross. Let them see Jesus. Let them see your word. Let them see your truth. Father, I pray, Lord, through your word, through your spirit, or by your spirit, rather, that you would speak to the hearts of your people tonight. As I speak outwardly, Father, if you don't show up and show out, we've done, we've come here for nothing. 
And, and Father, we ask you, Lord, that your perfect will be done. Draw us closer to you. Convict us, challenge us, encourage us. And Father, we will sure thank you. Let us be obedient. Whatever the question is for us, whatever the commandment is for us, Father, the answer is yes. And Father, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So from great victory to great defeat. I'm not real for sure. If, did I grab my son's glasses? I, I think I might have. And uh, because these ain't working too good for, for some reason. And uh, um, but uh, you know, praise the Lord for being able to serve Him. And uh, in this passage of Scripture, we see some interesting things. I believe, and and uh, we can say that it comes right after this biggest defeat comes right after one of their biggest victories and uh, miraculous victories. God done, has done great things and a great victory was given by the Lord because simply because they listened, because they obeyed, because they worshiped all what was laid out in chapter 6 and 7. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to go back and, you know, preach through those chapters, but simply put, they done well. They did what they were supposed to do. Once again, the nation of Israel experienced the great power of God, conquering Jericho, uh, achieving great victory. And then shortly after that victory, temptation came and Achan sinned. You know, one back, I think it's when you preached for us, pastors, that one that God gave us a great revival that year. And uh, great things took place, and and uh, man, great victories were were given, and and uh, but then, you know, and oftentimes a but then is that, and uh, God God gave victory, God gave deliverance for many people, but then people chose, after a while, chose the wrong thing, again, you know. Here we see, as we see illustrated in chapter six and seven, we see. Often our greatest attacks in our personal walk with God will simply come, will come shortly after our greatest victories. Let me say that again. Often our greatest attacks will come shortly after our greatest victories. I think a lot of times we just kind of, man, got to finish that one. We just sit at the house, drink coffee, and then then the door knocks, doesn't it? And, and then Katie bar the door and things break loose. And let me... Let me be clear here for a second. The attack does not mean we have sinned. The attack does not mean that we have sinned. It's what we have done or will do with that attack and daring that attack that will, uh, that will decide that. And, and we see here in chapter 7, we see some things illustrated. And uh, as I try to talk to you tonight, and... Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. And, uh, but I really want to preach a message entitled, From Great Victory to Great Defeat. And, but first, where are we at here in chapter 7? Let me just bring us all up to speed. Chapter, at the end of chapter 5, you see Joshua meets, I believe, the pre-incarnate Christ. And uh, 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 there in, at the end of chapter 5 is the captain of the host. And, and uh, there's some things that we can uh, draw from there that not going to do that tonight. And, and, uh, but in that chapter 5, uh, the captain of the host gets Joshua's attention. And then beginning of chapter 6, we see J uh, Joshua receives the instructions on how to take out Jericho. Do it just like this. 
do it just like this, and he lays it out very detailed. And, and, uh, uh, and so we see that there. And he, he says how to conquer it. But let me read to you verses 18 and 19 of chapter 6. And it's the warning God gives to the nation of Israel. And it's about the stuff that's in there. Chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. I want to read it to you because I, I think it'll make sense. It's very clear. 18 of chapter 6. And ye, in any wise, uh, keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Why? Lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel cursed and trouble it. Verse 19, But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. That's pretty clear. God says you conquer, you conquer Jericho and everything that's in there is God's. But Achan had another conclusion. He says, God don't need that. I want to rob God. I'm going to tell you, robbing God didn't work out too well for Achan. Robbing God today doesn't work out too well for us. I'm just going to tell you, we might not have the immediate uh, ramifications that Achan did and his family and the nation of Israel, but I tell you, there always will be ramifications when we rob God of what is His. Period. Some things to remember here. You know, as we look at this, talking about from victory to defeat, well, how, how, how do we get through all this? Well, verse number one of chapter seven, God knows when there is chosen sin in our lives. Verse one, we see that God knows when there is chosen sin in our lives. Look at verse one, it says, but the children of Israel committed a trespass. That's pretty clear. Not, I think they did. Not I think they might have figured something. No, they done it. They committed the sin. They have sinned and God declared it. And according to verse number one, he knows who did it. For, man, God need to go in the, in the lawyer in business because he, he knows all things, you know. They have sinned and God has declared it was Achan. God declared that Israel had sinned. God declared who has sinned named him by name, and just in case there was another Achan amongst them, he put his pedigree down there and said, hey, this is the rascal that stole the money that, that wasn't supposed to. Pretty clear, pretty here, uh, pretty clear there. Gives his lineage, gives his tribe, and tells what he did. He took of the accursed thing. God knows exactly where, I'm going to say this, where he went off the rails, and God knows exactly where we have gone off the rails. And I'm, I'm a firm believer we can do all the things that we want to do, but until we go back to where we derailed at, you ain't going to go anywhere. We need to get back to where we got off track. You know, it, say this is the track here, and we could have ran a thousand yards or a thousand miles or a thousand whatever or more off that track. But you know what the cool thing is? It only takes one step back. We just got to turn right back to God and say, God, I've sinned. Please forgive me. I've messed up. Lord, it was me, oh Lord, you know. And, uh, but we see that here in Achan, but it's after the fact. You know, he does come clean. 
But it's after he's done been found out. It's after the judgment has already been declared. I don't know exactly where you are at tonight and most likely here on a Sunday night. And uh, you're probably in pretty good shape. But I don't think Aiken arose that, that morning. You know, he's drinking his coffee, just fed his camels. Maybe he's dip, dipping his uh, manna in his coffee that morning. And, and uh, uh, I think today I'm going to disobey God. You know, I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm tired of this fallen orders junk. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I don't think, I don't think that happened with Aiken. I don't think Achan got up that morning and decided, you know what, I'm going to plunge all of the nation of Israel into judgment. I don't think he did that. I don't think he got up. I don't think, I don't think he decided that morning that I'm going to condemn my wife and my children to death. I don't think he got up that morning and decided... Well, I think I'm going to have the nation of Israel's 36 of their soldiers to die. Killed in action. But folks, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Achan was most likely a good man. Achan probably had some good qualities. He was probably a likable guy. Don't, don't you hate it when likable guys do bad stuff? It happens all the time. Possibly was, uh, was the guy that you would, the last guy would thought would have done that. But it was him. Before, maybe before he was stoned and burned, maybe he thought to himself, how did I get here? How did I get here so quickly? Sin often starts off small and then grows if it's left unattended. Now, there's a girl in our church. She's Well, used to be in our church, and, and, I, and I was reminded of her situation when I was reading this. We didn't stone her. We didn't set her on fire by any means. I think sometimes we should reinstitute that because some people really just need to get a good stoning every now and then, and uh, really would clean out some problems, but... Uh, Anyway, anyway, I, I say that because I'll be the first to be stoned, you know, I'm sure, you know. But this lady, this young girl, teenage girl, young adult, told me, Preacher, I believe God wants me to surrender my life to serve Him in children's ministries. It was Easter morning. I can tell you exactly what day it was, what year it was, what I was in the old building. I remember exactly where I standed. I said, well, praise the Lord. Man, that is great. Man, let me, let me help you. Let me give you this. Hey, let's go tell your, your parents. That wasn't going to happen. She refused to tell her parents. And, and I kept trying to help her, kind of you know, counsel her to go tell her mom and dad. Because it was a broken home, mended home. What's, the, what's that word? Blended home. And um, anyhow, with a lot of, lot of baggage, and uh, they really didn't encourage spiritual things. 
But she got, I remember we had a revival the very first year of there, and she was the one that, that was sitting in the back and walked the aisle and got saved, preacher. And, uh, and you know, people in my church got a leader to the Lord, and we baptized her, and she became a member, and te- taught in our Sunday school classes. And, and we're, just, we're just on fire for the things of God. And, and, uh, but then she got to this place yeah, a couple years after that, and, and she, you know, God wants me to do this, and, and let's tell your parents. And, and then over and over and over again, she says, no, 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 I can't tell my mom and dad. I can't do that. And Well, usually when you reject what God wants, you typically don't just stay there. If God wants you to go this way, you don't just stay. You usually go this way. Remember Jonah? Um, and so she went this way. And preacher, she's still this way. It's been several years now, and and uh, she's no longer in college. She had a full ride scholarship, and and uh, um, and she had some bad things taking place to her. Some of some uh, there's children here, so I won't get into all that. There's there's abuse that was there, um, alcohol, you know, taken advantage of, and uh, um, and last I seen, um, she's still going that that direction. So, preacher, why'd you share? All of that is that because continued disobedience of that direction will lead to judgment. And I, th- I could be wrong. This is complete conjecture. I think that's where Achan was at. Again, just conjecture. Because you don't just decide to do that big of a thing overnight. So we see here there's judgment was against Israel. From one person's sin... It affected the whole nation. From one person, uh, from one action, from one person, it affected the whole. We will take more, we'll look at this more, but um, it, it started as a sin of disobedience. Uh, then it led to stealing and lying and, and so on and so forth. Even for us as Christians today, there is consequences for sin in our life. So we need to move on here. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Number one, God knows where the sin is at the chosen sin at in our life. Number two, the second thing we see here in this passage, sin and victory cannot go together. Sin and victory cannot, will not, will ever go together. The ends, uh, the means do not justify the means. you got to walk with God the, the whole path, the whole way. Sin and victory cannot go together. Look at verse number two. Verse number two says, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. What do we see here? They knew where to go. They, they viewed Ai. They saw their size. They saw their strength. They knew what to do. According to verse number three, And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make it not all the people to labor thither. For they are a butter. They knew what they are supposed to do. They knew how to do it. Mechanically speaking, we can, take, we can take them with a small number. So they knew what to do. And verse 4 tells us they knew how to do it. So they went up thither and about 3,000 men and what? And they fled before the men of Ai. Sin and victory cannot go together. They knew how to do it. You know, these people are not rookies. I would say these are great men of battle. But they fled from the men of Ai. 
You know, there's a, I can give you another story about a family that, a church that reached out to us sometime last year to come give them some help and, and uh, uh, wasn't what God wanted us to do, but we went up there and, and chatted with them and talking about, you know, sin and victory cannot go together. And, and uh, there was a handful of folks and, and, and uh, fast forward to the end of the story is that uh, some of the leadership, really all the leadership, but the main leadership was a man and a woman that was unmarried. And they were members, and they were the leaders of the church, and, and uh, not pastor or anything of that nature, but still, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and so at the time, at the middle of my time there, I said, brother, let me talk to you. And I just basically told him very blunt, because I, I, I think blunt needs to come back, you know. <laughs> you, know uh, you know, I said, brother, God is not going to bless this church. God is not going to send you a pastor that he wants you to have. He's like, what? Why? I said, because you and her are living in sin. Now, this guy is a foot taller than me, preacher. He's probably got 18 inches. He's a big dude, not fat. He, he golden gloves guy. And, and uh, I think I took my life in my own hands, you know. <laughs> Tears began to roll up in his eyes, run down his cheek. Said, preacher, you're right. He says, I brought this to the other preacher. He said, I was doing all right. He said, it's fine. I said, well, that other preacher was lying to you because the Bible says it's wrong. And uh, he says, I, I've been, it's been bothering me for some time. Sin is still, shacking up is still wrong. You know, just because everybody's doing it doesn't make it right. It's still wrong. And, and, uh, and, and, and anyways, well, we won't be, we've been wanting to do that. I said, well, what are you doing tomorrow? He looked at me. I says, it don't necessarily have to be tomorrow, but that's how serious it is. Yeah. Fast forward, Wednesday night, I stayed a little longer. I married him. I married him Wednesday night. And uh, I was like, man, praise God. Folks, that don't always happen that way, but praise God when it does happen. Folks, sin and victory does not go hand in hand, but when we get to sin and cast it out, man, we can, man, we can get, get on board with God, and man, God can do great things if we just let him, if we let him have his way. And and, uh, you know, here, this, uh, this nation of Israel, they didn't lose this battle because how great Ai was. They didn't lose this battle because how small God was. They lost this battle because of how sinful they were. And, folks, that's a heap of difference. They could not achieve the victory. They suffered great loss. 36 men were killed. They were embarrassed. It says they chased from before the gate even unto Shabarim. Seems like they didn't even get close to Ai. Before the gate, Ai started to tell, come on, boys, here they come, and they took them out. Folks, we have no power against the things of the devil, no power against the things of the world, except God be with us. Except God be with us. They suffered great discouragement. Their hearts of the people melted and became as water. Oh my, does all that sound too familiar, doesn't it? In our own lives, in the lives of others. Let's tonight, I don't know where you're at, but tonight, maybe you need to choose to simply live our lives in obedience. Period. And just put a blank. Say, God, you fill the blank in. Whatever you want is what you get. Whatever you ask is what you get. Wherever you send, I'll go. Whatever you want. 
Achan's sin did not affect just one person, but infected the entire nation and his family. Let me give you this last thing before we're done here. Number three, there is hope. It's not just about judgment and gloom. There is hope. And in the next few minutes, I want to run us all the way to the end of the chapter and pick up one more verse. Remember, there is hope. Look at verse number six. There is hope when we're broken. And Joshua ran his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel put dust upon their heads. Now, granted, he don't know all the sin that's entailed, but he's broken for the effects of sin on his nation. There's hope when we as God's people, when we are broken. You know, I think one of the things that's problem, maybe in my own life and churches and families, a lot of times we're just not broken over our sin. We just kind of name it and put it in a little cage and make it a pet and just kind of play with it every now and then. Say, oh, man, I wish I get victory over that. Folks, some things we don't want victory over because we like it. And here, Joshua was broken. There's hope when we're broken. There's hope, according to verse number 7, when we pray. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou brought this people over Jordan to deliver us? So he's turning to God. Would to God we have been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. You know, he's thinking it's his fault. He's thinking it's all about him. But, but yeah, he's praying. Praying is always a great thing. You know, you can't pray too much. Often, most of us don't have that problem. Oh, Lord, it's me again. <laughs> Most of us don't have that problem, you know. When we're, there's hope when we're concerned. There's hope when we're concerned about the testimony of our Lord. We see in verse 8 and 9, verse, bottom side of verse 9 says, And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? How many times have we heard, hello, we're from such and such church. We, I won't go to that church because there's too many hypocrites there. Well, why don't you come because we love, we love those people, you know, because we, we need one more, you know. And, uh, um, but isn't that the reason, you know, people have labeled us a certain way or, or think we act a certain way or we're acting this way when they expect us to act this way. And, and uh, Joshua was concerned what others would say about his God. Joshua did not sin, but he had to deal with it, and he suffered from it. When we sin, remember, someone else will always have to deal with it. When God reveals sin, verses 10 through 12, verse 10, uh, uh, Joshua's praying, and God says, get up. (laughs) It ain't time to pray. God's revealing sin. Israel has sinned, verse number 11, and your sin separated me from uh, therefore, verse 12, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. He gave them the warning already, though, didn't he? You do this, I'm going to do this. You did this, and I'm going to do this. Folks, God means what he says. God is a God of His Word. God does follow up and follow through. Now, it might not be the timeline that we think, but it seems to be pretty, uh, pretty swift in this account. God reveals their sin. And then we see there's hope when God... Re- Ain't you glad when God says, that sin needs to get out of your heart, get out of your life. 
And at that very moment, you have one of the world's biggest and most important decisions to make. And it better be what Joshua did. It better say, Lord, help us, Lord. Look there. Look there in verse number 13. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before. Uh, verse 13 says, up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before the enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. And then he just goes on how he goes through and finds it. When we rep- There's hope for us when we repent. Truly, we receive revival. Truly, we can have the, uh, the closeness of God. They, uh, uh, they, uh, they had re- uh, they had revival. Verse ten through twelve says. Uh, verse ten says, "Get up." Verse eleven says, "Israel has sinned." Verse twelve, that sin separated us from God. And uh, boy, that I remember a time when that happens. You know, I ain't talking about salvation. I'm talking about a time I got saved when I was twelve, and got called to preach when I was eighteen. And uh, man, I wish I can tell you that I lived for the Lord just perfectly. I still can't tell you that, uh, but I, but I will tell you that when I was. About 18, 19 years old, somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark, God says, you do this. And I, I done pulled the Peter on him. Not so, Lord. And I lived in that not so for two years. Folks, I want to tell you, that ain't a place you want to be. That ain't a place for any of us to be. I would say I got a T-shirt from it, but I couldn't afford a T-shirt. You know, and not that I want to be reminded of that anyway. But... But we can have, there's, God can do great things when we repent. And you can read at your own time, verse 13 through verse 26, we truly see revival. They turned to God. He showed them their sin, and then they turned from their sin. They turned from their sin when we repent. Man, that's a great story there. Let me give you a quick thing, seven quick things, and then we'll be done. Some closing things to remember. Number one. Always choose to honor and obey God. Always. You might, you might be the only one, but you best be the one. Number two, remember, usually after a great spiritual victory, there will be a great spiritual battle. Number three, sin will affect us and those around us. And I just throw this in there because sin does cost more than you think. Number four, Remember, we cannot be successful in our Christian life if we have sin in our own life. Number five, some of these are just simple. Well, they're all simple because I can't get anything complex. But number five, there is a high price for sin. More than you realize. Number six, Repentance does matter. It's not turning over a new leaf. It's not doing this. It's, <laughs> it's just getting our hearts right with God. That still works, folks. Now, this last one, I'm going to give a little disclaimer first. Make sure you get it. The enemy doesn't want you to have it. And, folks, it's the reason why we still preach is why we still strive to reach others with the gospel of Christ It's why we still plant and rescue churches It's why we keep doing missions and why you and I simply 
keep living for the Lord. And here it is. There's still victory after failure. Chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, and I'm done. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thine hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only, only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall, shall you take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. And what's the next three words of uh, verse 3? So Joshua arose. Folks, so many times the devil sells us a bill of goods that we ain't have no business looking at. But we often buy it and, and we waller in it. Oh, you failed. God will never use you again. Well, that's partly true. But if we repent and get it right, we can have a chapter 8 in our life. As Hey, AI beat me the first time, but with God being my help, we can go get it and clean up house. But I think we fail, we fail, we fail. We just don't repent of what God has already revealed to us. And we just let it go. And we stay at the end of chapter 7. Or maybe in the middle of chapter 7 rather. And that's it. I don't like your church. I don't get anything out of it. Well, because you ain't right with God. Well, I wish I had that victory in my life. Well, you can. Just get right with God. I'm tired, preacher, I'm tired of, of, of hearing all the, the excuses why we cannot. I was not raised in church. I was not, I, I, I mean, when I got called to preach, man, people thought, uh, literally, I heard it. I heard it. And it, it, people thought I did something so bad, so wrong, that it was, a, it was a farce. I was trying to cover up something. But folks, I'm thankful that Jesus covered me up, <laughs> you know, and, um, and called me into this ministry. Man, he, folks, we, we can serve God. We can go from victory to defeat, but we can go back to victory yes, if we want it. Amen. Pastor?